welcome. I'm so glad you were able to join us this morning, this evening, wherever you are and whatever time it is. I'm so glad you did. You are with me at the Bible Talks and we are live every Saturday, Sunday morning. And I'm, I'm sure so glad that you know about this and you join and then you share this. Yes, you will. You'll share this with your friends and loved ones so that your word, God's word through you will be the greatest blessing in your life. Amen. All right. Now, we are in a series called My Everlasting Father, and My Everlasting Father is taken from the fact that God said to Moses, I am, I am, go tell my people, I am has sent you, I am that I am, the eternal God, the everlasting God. Now, this God who said I am sent Jesus into the world, and Jesus comes into the world, and he makes statements, seven statements that begin with, I am, I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, so on and so forth. So when he said that, people were willing to pick up stones and chuck at him. Why? Because they believed he was equating himself to the Father. But that's what we want. We want him to come from the Father, speak on behalf of the Father. And he had come as the Son of God to make us, those of us who have who are, who are, who are run away from the Father, to bring us back to the Father. Therefore, he is now our everlasting Father, my everlasting Father. As we look at these statements, we've looked at one already that I am the bread of life, where Jesus said, I am the bread of life, eat of me eat of me. The second thing we're going to learn today is he's going to say, walk near me, walk near me. See, the greatest hope we can ever have, the greatest hope we can ever have is when someone makes a claim and adds capacity to it. Let me explain. There are many men who make claims, claims about refreshing, a philosophy for refreshing in life, a, 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 a lifestyle of renewal or a, or a formula for renewal. Or perhaps, you know, a, a, a different way to become one with yourself. Uh, they, they, can, they have so many different claims, but they have no capacity. They don't come and say, let me help you. I will be with you. I'll be there at the end. I will get you to succeed. I will, I will be there along with you and I will ensure with my life and my reputation that you succeed. There's only one person who does that. It's Jesus. Jesus does that. Jesus is the one who makes a claim and sticks around to make it happen in your life. Jesus is the one who makes a claim and says, I will, be, we, I will be with you to the end. I will make sure that this happens. I am going to be in you. I will give you my life. I will make sure this happens. Jesus does that. So when Jesus makes this claim today, for today's uh, second part in the series, if you missed that, you can always go back to the video and watch the first part. In the second part of the series, today we're talking about the light. He says, I am the light of the world. There are two promises he makes over here. Number one, you will have less regrets. As you go through this and as you understand and you acknowledge this claim, you will have less regrets. And number two, if you follow me, you will have more to live for. You will have more to live for. There'll be more to give out of your life. See, I am the light of the world and I will live in you so you can have the light. You will be literally like me, a little me. You will be able to take me with you wherever you go. I have life within me. I will give that life and place it in you. So my life will flow through you. You'll have my life. You'll have my thoughts. You'll have my desires and you'll have my power to fulfill the work and purposes that I have for you. I will see it through to the end with you. I will be with you to the end and I will be with you at the finish line. That's the promise of the Lord Jesus for you and for your life. So let's get started. 
Okay, two promises. Number one, you will have less to regret. And number two, you will have more to live, more to give. Let's look at the statement. I am the light of the world. Let's look at this passage of scripture and we are expositors. So we break up the scripture and we want to uh, look at each part and chew on the meat of each part of the scripture. Are you with me? It's on your screen. Look at John chapter 8 verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them. Notice we're taking that part because Jesus is talking and he's talking to their people there, his disciples. He says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Or if the original Greek says, I have come into the world, the light that has come into the world, right? He says, whoever, note that, whoever, it's not for Christians alone. It's for anybody who will come to terms with what Jesus is saying and be willing to follow him. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. There are two phrases I want you to note here. Will not and but will will not and but will. He will not walk in darkness anymore. So there's going to be a radical change in the way he thinks and the way he walks, the speed, the direction and the way of his walking. And number two, he will have the light of life. That means he will know where he's going and he will live out every day with purpose. Okay, that's in short, but I want you to get down to this. This assumes two things. As soon as you absorb this claim, as soon as you begin to grapple with this claim, it assumes two things. Number one, I am the light of the world that has come into the world, right? I am the light that's come into the world. So a light that comes in can't come into more light. You're assuming darkness. You have to start with the fact that the world is wicked. It has turned its back on God. Everyone has done his own thing. Everyone's gone their own way. Everyone has strayed away like a sheep uh, without a shepherd. And the world has turned from God. The world is dark. You'll find this in Romans chapter 1 and 2, where uh, Paul exposits us and helps us to understand this. He says, men loved darkness. They moved away from the light. They rejected God. And from the time they rejected God, they turned away and kept going further and further away from the light. And the further you get away from the light, the more you get uncomfortable with any light in your life. And the more you get away from the light, the further you get away from the light. They said, he says, you, their thinking was darkened. Their thinking became perverted, inverted. Everything that was about God was futile to them. The things of God, the values of God, the holiness of God, the, the reverence of God became futile to them. It became disgusting. Everything about God was a reject. They did not want any fellowship with God. They suppressed the truth and unrighteousness, which means they knew this. They knew this, but men turned their heart, turned from God. And they walked further and further into darkness. So when we talk about darkness, we're not talking about the lights being out. We're talking about the heart being out. We're talking about a mind that is darkened and now does not have the light of God. In fact, God's wisdom is foolishness to man. God's word is foolishness. It's, it's, it's unacceptable to man. And the more you go out and you hear about the gospel and see the world react to the gospel, you can see that they'll accept everything else. My brother, my sister, my friend, people will call it tolerance and they'll accept everything else except Jesus, the cross, the blood of Christ, the resurrection, baptism of the saints, the church, the return of Christ, what God has in store for man and how he wants to redeem man is the only thing they will reject. That is when you realize hmm, something is up here. Maybe God really has 
something in contrast to the world. So you have to choose. When a, word, when a word like that is spoken and Jesus says, I am the light of the world, you assume the world is in darkness. He says, I have come into the world. Light has come into darkness. The second thing is, if light comes on, it's going to catch you at a bad time. It's going to expose your thoughts. It's going to expose your position. It's going to expose the dirt, the muck, the, the mess in your life. So light can be invasive especially the light of God. And at first, one would think God is trying to judge me. God is trying to condemn me. God is trying to expose me. God is trying to humiliate me. But Jesus is the only one who exposes to dispose. He exposes to dispose. He is the surgeon that puts on the light on the, on the wound so that he may heal the wound. He's the one who takes the bandage off and lays bare the open wound in order that he may stitch it up and pour oil over it and heal the wound. Do you get where I'm going with this? So there is the issue of trust. Number one, number one, you have to assume darkness is in the world. And number two, you have to assume you need to trust his word. It's going to hurt in the beginning, but it's going to heal in the end. It's going to be embarrassing in the beginning. It's going to be a struggle in the beginning. You're going to struggle with the truth but the truth will set you free. So we're not talking about a literal darkness. We're talking about a mental uh, separation from God, a way of thinking that is completely far from God. And God's word speaks light into that way of thinking and sets you on the path to understanding and seeing the way he sees and his wisdom. If you've got that foundation with me this morning, uh, I want you to move forward with me. So how does darkness in the world affect us? How has it affected us? I was born and brought up in this world. I was born in sin, as the psalmist says. I, I have lived in this world. There's sin in me, there's sin outside of me, and I've lived with sin all my life. I lived with sinful people all my life. How can the darkness not affect me? It has and must and, and should have affected me in some way, form or the other. And the second thing is, how does the light, the word of God, light my world? So how does the world and its darkness affect me? And how does the light of God light my world, affect my world. Are you ready? Let's dive into it. We're breaking down verse 12. I'm going to give you some additional scriptures just to help us uh, figure this whole thing out. If you've got your Bibles and your notebooks with you, which you all should always have with you, because this is not a motivational speech. This is not the words of a man. This is the word of God. And the word of God needs to be in your hand. The word of God the voice of God in your heart. And I should disappear if, if, uh, if the Lord wills. Verse 12, he says, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That means he says, I will lead you into the light. I will lead you by being the light. He doesn't say I will lead you to the light. He says, I am the light. And if you follow me, as long as you're following me, everything you need to know and everywhere you need to go will be lit up for you. There will not be a moment of confusion or wonder. I will lead you. He says, he will lead you into the light. So Christ himself becomes our destiny. Did you get that? Christ himself becomes our destiny. Christ's destiny is to lead you back to the father. That's why the light has come into the world. 
Men loved darkness. Men were away from God. But God in his mercy has sent the light into the world that those who trust the light and those who choose to follow him, he will lead them back to God. So this is not a way of life. Hinduism is a way of life. Buddhism is a way of life. Uh, any other religion or, or style or art of living is a way to do, manage, cope life here on earth. Christianity is not a way of life. It is the way to life. It is the way to eternal life. And Jesus doesn't promise you anything for this world. He promises you nothing but tribulation, trials, difficult times in this world, believe it or not. But he offers you a way back to heaven, a way back to the Father, where you truly belong and who you truly are. He restores your identity and he becomes your destiny. So now think about it. It's simple English, but it's profound. I follow the light. My goal is to follow and be following and continue to follow the light. And as long as I'm walking near him, I'm following him near him, keeping close proximity to him, everything about my life becomes a light, meaningful, open, transparent, a blessing. And God's life is in me. God's light is in me. And I am a blessing to people around while I'm in this world. And all the while following Jesus and Jesus is leading me back to the Father. That's his job. And he's not confused about it. So look at the first part of that verse. He says, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He himself will lead you, making himself your destiny. Jesus becomes your destiny. I don't know if you could also turn your Bibles with me to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6. A quick verse there says this. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, have sh has shone into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Oh, that's a mouthful. Let's, let's, let's break it down. For God, that's God the Father, who said, let sh light shine out of darkness. So go back to the beginning of time when God created the heavens and the earth. God who spoke light into existence. The God who spoke light into distance. He says, let there be light. Out of darkness, let there be light. That God, that light has shone in our hearts to give us what? The light of the knowledge of the glory of God the Father in the face of Jesus Christ. Do it again. What has that light done for us? That light which God spoke into existence in the beginning of time, that God has said, let light shine into us. And that light has lit the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Three phases here. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. God sent his son as the light. That light has shone into us to give us the knowledge of the glory of God, the father. He's led us back to the father, but through the son, through the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that means we have come to know the father by looking at the son. We have come to know God almighty by faith, by looking at Jesus, the face of Jesus, the person of Jesus and the image of Christ is the image of God. He is God. Believe it. Believe it. Bank your life on this truth. He is God. Let's work into number two. Our dark side is the broken part of our lives that disqualifies us 
and destroys our confidence. Our dark side, we are living in the dark and all of us are broken. We have faults. We have sin. Sin has ravaged our lives. The Bible calls it the depravity of man. If you don't agree with me at this point, that's okay. One day you will. But I just hope it's not too late. Our dark side is the broken part of our lives that disqualifies and destroys us. Jesus says he is the light that's come into the world. So he is the light. We figure that one out. But now he has come into the world, which is dark. The world is the dark side and we are living in the dark side and we have a dark side. We are broken ourselves and our brokenness and our failing disqualifies us and destroys us. How can it not? We've lived with sin. We've lived with sinners. We have grown up breaking laws right, left and center. We have grown up even being untrue to ourselves and we are ravaged with the cancer of sin and it has destroyed our self-worth, our identity, our joy, our sense of meaning and purpose in life that people have tried to compensate with all kinds of religions and, 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 and fitness and, and wealth and dreams and ambitions, everything to kind of make up for that loss, for that vacuum, for that emptiness deep on the inside. That's what sin has done. It's sin that has done that. And you need to come to terms with the fact that it's a dark world and you have a dark side and the dark side needs to meet the light of life. So our dark side is the broken part of our lives that disqualifies us and destroys us on the inside. I want you to look at what the scripture says. That dark side, which is our sin, which needs redemption, which needs a covering. Look at what he says in 1 John chapter 1 verse 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Isn't that beautiful? But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Jesus, the light, comes into the world. He sheds his blood. And by his blood, our filthiness, our wickedness, our sinfulness, and our uh, darkness is cleansed. It's cleansed. The light dispels the darkness in our life. Our dark side is the broken part of our lives that needs redemption, that needs forgiveness, and that needs a covering. Let me take you to the third part here. Our greatest regrets are from stumbling and falling. Our greatest regrets are from missing the goal, missing the target. When we were not able to accomplish what we wanted to, we want to be good people, but we can't. We want to do the right thing, but we can't. We struggle and we, we get frustrated with our own brokenness and with the brokenness of people around us. Our greatest regrets are from stumbling in the dark. It's those moments where you say, we didn't know. We stumbled. We couldn't see it coming. We never thought it would happen. We were hoping for the best. We thought we were right, but it didn't work out. We never saw it coming. We all 
want to walk in the light, but we land up walking in darkness. But Jesus says, whoever follows me will not live those kind of regrets. He doesn't need to live those kind of regrets. Look at John chapter 12, verse 35, will you? John chapter 12, verse 35. So Jesus said to them, the light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. The one who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. Now, I know that makes sense. I know that's English. I know you already knew that. But when Jesus says that, the one who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. He says it in the context of the fact that he is the light. That means the one who walks in darkness is the one who has chosen not to follow the light. So that means he will live to regret, live to stumble, live to pick up the pieces. And his life will constantly be about dealing with the regrets and the hurts and the pains that his own sin causes. Our greatest regrets are from stumbling in the dark. And Jesus promises this. He says, when you follow me, you will not walk in darkness, but you will have the light. You will not walk in darkness, but you will have the light. Now, he's saying you follow me. He's not saying be a good person. He's not saying do this great things for me. He's not saying give me so much money. He's not saying only if only you this and if only you that and if only. He's not saying that. He says you stay close to me. I am the light of the world. You stay close to me. Wherever I am, there's light. You stay close to me, you'll be in the light. I do not stumble. I know where I'm going. If you follow me, you'll know where you're going. If you follow me, you'll know who you are. If you follow me, the light that shines from me will shine in you. He's talking about dispelling darkness, not only around you, but dispelling the very darkness inside you. That's the sin life that he dispels. Sin is essentially what we do when God is absent from our lives. Sin is what we do to satisfy ourselves because God is absent in our life. We were created for fellowship and intimacy with God. But when we are not able to have that intimacy with God, we run after these things by virtue, by default. We run after these things because we need to be filled. We are designed for worship. We are designed to worship and we will worship everything else if we do not know God. Jesus says, if you walk in the light, that means if you stay near me, if you follow me, if you make me your destiny, you will not walk in darkness, but you will have the light of life. That means not only will you have light outside because you're following the light, but you'll have light inside and there will be no darkness inside anymore. No guilt, no constant condemnation. No constant feeling of lostness. No more stumbling on the inside. No more stumbling. No more questioning. No more wondering. No more anxiety. No more fears. Uncertainty. Ignorance. Loss. When Jesus promises you something like that, it takes a whole lot of trust takes a whole lot of trust because Jesus is not saying here's what you should do he's saying here's what I will do if you follow me and that makes Jesus different from everybody else all you have to do is stay in the light all you have to do is stay close to the light 
All you have to do is believe his word. So he says, I will lead you into the light. That means he becomes our destiny. He says, I will dispel the darkness. I will cover your sin. I will cover your brokenness. And what once embarrassed you and disqualified you and destroyed you, I will redeem with my own blood. I will take care of you. He says, if you follow me, you won't have regrets and you won't walk in darkness. Not only will there not be darkness around you, but there won't be any more darkness inside you. Darkness is a place of despair, of hopelessness, hopelessness and despair. And deep inside you, you have this big dark space that was meant to be filled with God himself. And Jesus says, I will come in there and you will have the light of life shining from inside you, inside you. Think about light and darkness and why Jesus has picked this motif, this picked this theme, this analogy. The reason he's done that is because light dispels darkness. Darkness does not overcome light. Darkness is the absence of light. It is nothing on its own. Light is something on its own. And when light is there, darkness has no word, has no place. So when the light has come, darkness automatically goes. You don't actually have to dispel the darkness. You don't have to work the darkness out of your life. You don't have to destroy your dark side. The light of life comes in and you don't want a dark side anymore. You don't even want it anymore. Let me take you to a fourth thing. He says, our core need is to belong. Our core need is to belong. We want to become like him. Every person in the world wants to be like Christ. Satan himself wanted that. <laughs> Lucifer in heaven says, I will be like the most high God. Because God is self-sufficient. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. God is everlasting joy. God is peace. God is patient. God is everything we really want to be. So the core need is to belong to that God and to become like him. That's the core need. Whether you like it, whether you know it, whether you embrace it, that's the core need. So he says... Those who follow me will have the light of life. They will have the light of life. I will give them who I am. I will give them what I have. I will come into them and I will be in them. And they will never live in darkness again. That's the promise. That's the, that's the uh, guarantee of the words of the Lord Jesus. He says they will never walk in darkness again. They will never have to stumble. Never live to regret. Never live with hopelessness. I will be in them. And everything I have and everything I am. They will live off. They will live off. They will never become me. But they will have everything about me. So that they can be with me. I wanted to show you two verses before I close. John chapter 1 verse 4, the gospel of John chapter 1 verse 4, it says this. In him was life. You see that on the screen? In him was life. And that life was what? The light of men. In him is life. He is the author of life. He is the, uh, he's, he's the very one who, uh, he's, the, he's the one who gives life. 
He doesn't get life from him. He is life. And he says, this life has become the light of men. So Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Jesus says, I am the life. He says, I will come into you. And you, because you're following the light, will have the light. Because you're following the light, will have the light. One more. Philippians chapter 2, verse 15. That you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish. Do that again. That you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you what? Shine as lights in the world. Let's do that again. That you may be blameless and innocent. That's quite the opposite of a dark side, isn't it? That's quite the opposite of disqualified and destroyed, isn't it? That you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish and in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. Yeah, you're still in this world. You're still living in a dark world, but you now are the light. You are, you shine as lights in the world. So you have received the hope that is Christ and now you are the hope of the world. You have received the joy of Christ. Now you are the joy of the world. Doesn't seem like it, doesn't feel like it. But as far as God is concerned, the hope that he has for the world, he has placed in you. That's the light, the light of the glory of God in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have that light and you can lead others to that light. So you follow the one who says, I am the light. And you lead others to the one who says, I am the light. So that they may also know the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That is by recognizing the face of Christ. There's a lot today that was heavy. I know that was heavy. But here's what you need to think about. Jesus makes two promises. He makes two promises. He says, number one, you will have less to regret. And number two, you'll have more to live for if you follow me. There's two assumptions you need to make. Number one, you need to assume that the world is dark. You need to give up this notion that the world is good. People are good. Everything is good. Open your eyes. Wake up. No, we're not. God and God alone is good. And we are not. We are sinful, depraved people. And until you start there, you'll never know the righteousness and the, and the, and the mercy of God. You'll never come to terms with, uh, you'll, never, you'll never know the, the joy of, his, of, of receiving the grace and the mercy of God, the forgiveness of God, until you come to terms with how far you have gone from the light, how far you have strayed from the world. God will give you this realization. But when you do come to that realization, grab the gospel. Grab the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus is the light who has come into the world so that those whoever follow him will not walk in darkness but may have the light of life. That's what happens when the dark side meets the light of life. The Lord bless you as you begin to think about this and pray about it and come to terms with your own position about it. And if you have any questions about how do you live in the light, how do you live close to Jesus and follow Jesus on a daily basis? Leave a comment in, uh, in the comment section or a question in the comment section. Write to us. Go to our website. Here's the website and here's the number you can call. Write to us and let us know so that we can help you. We can, we can assist you in following Christ so that you may have 
his light as well. So that was the second one. I am the light of the world. The Lord bless you. Stay close to Jesus. Thank you.